Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Director Showdown, episode two of season nine. Nine. So it's nine slash two. Nine point two. Nine point whatever. Whatever font convention you like, yeah. listener. Dash is semicolon. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so, uh, that, that's a. Uh, that's a little bit. It's <laughs> a little spicy. A semicolon. A semicolon. Huh? That's that's okay. the looking like a goddamn math equation over here. <laughs> well, semicolons are fucking like uh, very, like there's like in the English world, which I'm sure our listeners are very like mm-hmm. in tuned with. Yeah, you know, and really care about what you know English professors are debating they want to get yeah. rid of some of them want to get rid of this really yeah huh. i think it's like useless in terms of like you can either use a coma or a colon so why even use i use yeah. semicolons all the time i feel like i use semicolons like but it's also like when am i writing i guess on twitter mostly jesus christ everything is terrible <laughs> i just had that realization of like god is is twitter like my main writing platform now and I think it is. It probably is. Yeah. And now I'm having an existential crisis. But listen, mm-hmm. we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about one of David Lean's first movies, the other director for this season. We already talked Kurosawa's early film, Rashomon, last week. And uh, yeah, and this week we're, we're talking uh, David Lean's first big kind of film, uh, Brief Encounter. From 1945. 1945, the the height of World War II. Yeah, boy, I didn't even, like, think about that. That's really interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess it was, right? It probably came out right around... I didn't well, even see when, when it came D-Day, out. D-Day, like 1945 D-Day. That was 42, wasn't it? Was it 42? 42, because that's when we entered, and then 45 is when it ended. Oh, yeah, so I guess it was just at the tail end. At the, the tail end of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, a uh, brief encounter, uh, a, a romantic drama, uh, a black and white film, uh, a classic, and uh, a movie that I, I hadn't seen uh, until this year, and I watched it earlier this year. I was on a whole kick early 2020. Uh, I guess it was pre-COVID. I was in this very kind of like uh, romanticized zone of like, you know what, the 2020 is going to be the year... This is what's going to define my 2020 is the year that I watch like all of the classic pre 1960s movies. Oh yeah. You were telling me about that. Yeah. Um, of all these movies that like I need to see, like I hadn't seen citizen Kane. I hadn't seen Casablanca. Um, you know, I hadn't seen brief encounter and I was, I was a big fan of, uh, Lawrence of Arabia. And so I was like, you know, let me go back to, you know, what is, leans you know arguably his first big movie um and i watched it and i was kind of blown away by it i would say out of all the pre-1960s movies that i watched boy maybe this is a hot take i guess but it's probably my favorite even over casablanca and uh over, over C- those citizen kane over those two it's my favorite i think you might want to take another look at citizen kane then I, I I know that makes me yeah. sound like a pretentious. No like, no no. I I, I am playing on it. But it's pretty fucking good. Citizen Kane is, is amazing. Yeah. Casablanca. Yeah. Casablanca is fucking great too. I love the vibe of Casablanca. It's it's great. Um, well, just like I mean, with Citizen Kane, it's just totally revolutionized everything. That's true. It only yeah. came out a few years before Brief Encounter, I think, too. 
Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think 42. Mm. But I'm, I am planning to rewatch it before. Uh, Mac? Mac? Oh, God. <laughs> Are you just doing that because I like, I find that title so annoying? I'm not. I'm, I'd, I had fully decided independently of, of knowing that you didn't like that title that I like saying mank, that it's very fun for me to say. Fully independently. I mean, there's a lot independently of, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of what I thought about it. Okay. Well, yeah. that's fine. Um, <laughs> I don't mean, I'm not trying to trigger you with, with mank, but uh, I'm going to rewatch it before that because it's obviously mank is very inspired by the making of Citizen Kane and things like that, or the manking of Citizen Kane, maybe <laughs> I should say. I'm <laughs> sorry. Um, but no, Brief Encounter was the one that like, while I was watching it, when I finished it, I was like, kind of blown away by it because it feels so it's obviously very classical and it's very British of course, but it felt so modern and kind of timeless. Uh, and we'll get into the, the kind of reasons why, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I really love this movie and, uh, I'm excited to, the funny thing is I, yeah. I was just thinking about like mm-hmm. this movie and how it would be in 2020. Yeah. And how well, I mean, not 2020, maybe 2019 before COVID. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, yeah. That. When people could go to a train station mm. bar yeah, and, uh, you know, like the, like there are at every train station. Like it would just be like, uh, what's her name? Uh, what's the, the main protagonist? What's her name? Uh, uh, Laura? Is it Laura? Wait, no, no. No, it's... Uh, God damn it. I, I, I'm so bad with their names. Mm. I had written it down somewhere in my notes here. Um... Lana? No, not Lana. Laura. It is Laura. It yeah. is Laura? It okay. is Laura. That's her character. Laura's just like, she downloaded t- Tinder just to spice things up in her, like, her, yeah. her f- 30 to 40, like, life. Mm-hmm. And then Alex is on there, and he's cute, and they just sext, and that's it. And then she deletes it, and then yeah. this is done. The whole movie's over. The whole, yeah, it's, it's a short film that's four <laughs> minutes long, right? Yeah, no, that that too, it's like... I don't, I'm still trying to piece together why I love this movie so much. It's like, there is just something first. I think we should just like maybe get into it or I want to hear your thoughts, I guess, like your well, opening yeah, thoughts of I like think, what you thought about it. I think me, like, even though I was being facetious about like that whole Tinder thing, mm-hmm. I think the fact that this took place, you know, the, the time period is pre-World War II. Mm-hmm. There's something that is kind of magical about how a ch- a brief encounter with a total stranger and yeah how these two people can fall in love with each other without like any social media without any of that it's just like they just met out of just the most yeah the smallest of circumstances of her having some dirt in her eye yeah, and exactly. They just bump into each other again and they just hit it, it spirals off. from there, yeah. And there's just something that's so like because because I, I think there's more risk involved. You know, and there's more uh there's more there's more magic in just like bumping into this person. Yeah, there's so much unknowing. Yeah. It's like you you fully have no idea who this person is. Yeah. Like completely. It's like, sure. They were charming. They're a doctor, I guess, you know, you give them that, but it's like, other than that, it's fully just like you are. There's completely, no LinkedIn. 
There's no, you know, Instagram or Facebook. <laughs> no Facebook. That, I didn't think we were going to take that lens I, on this movie, but it's really I interesting. I thought about because, like, I yeah. wanted to know what made this, like, so um, charming in, in, in mm-hmm. the way that could be impossible to do nowadays. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I think there's just so much information on the internet that it, it takes away sort of that magic that you have in that chance encounter that mm-hmm. they experience. And since there's a lot more to lose here, since they don't have, they don't have like, they don't call each other, or like connect on social media or something, or even have phone numbers, really. They just said, meet me here. There's a certain like thrill and risk to it. For you know, sure. You don't know yeah. if they're actually, like you can't text them if they don't show up. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that adds, that adds to the whole like, um, the the ephemeral, delicate, treasured nature of like seeing this person when you do see them. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it's like they've just been completely gone mm. from my life in every way for for a week. And uh, yeah, I you're I think you're tapping into something like a subconscious reason why I love this movie that I didn't even like clock, which is like how just of its era it is. Yeah. And I, I just like really love that about it, that it's like something like this just could never ever happen again. It will never happen again. Yeah. If it was today, yeah. they would just literally fuck and then probably yeah. be done. Yeah. Like you would. Or, yeah. Or they would fuck some more and that's it. Like there's not. stay together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Even, yeah. even with that, this movie to me, at least my take is that this movie feels really human and um, relatable and approachable and and modern, even in a lot of ways. And it uses that with, uh, and again, it's the the first lean episode. So I want to circle back around to like some, some lean context, like some, some info about him, especially because he's an older director and people might not know as much, but um, the, the word that I think of when I think about this movie is interiority Whoa, and how what does that mean? it's it's a, it's a, it's a a big word for essentially just saying like the internal life of a character and how oh yeah yeah and how in so many movies that 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 is a thing that's hard to get across and sure this movie uses the you know I guess you could say cheat by modern standards but by of its era mm. uh, voiceover so I yeah. guess you're getting at that this is the Ethan Frome of film. I am so, not sure. So, <laughs> so Ethan Trome was a novel yeah. we had to read in high school. Okay. And I, I thought it yeah. was so boring. I hated it. Okay, yeah, yeah. But the reason why we read it is because it was the first novel to actually have internal conflict, to have like that was the uh, main that was the main basis. Yeah, yeah. And no one really like like, oh shit, you can like do this mm-hmm. as a novel. Yeah. And I probably still didn't give a shit in high school. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that's fair. I, yeah. I think I've heard that title. Yeah. We definitely didn't read that in high school. You were in some probably advanced classes I was that I wasn't in. AP. Yeah. yeah. Was, yeah. But I uh, don't mean to brag. But <laughs> I was even reading Brave New World and shit. All the Brave New World is it's good. good. I love it. Yeah, and you yeah. read that too. That's a great book. It's um, a good book. Because I would argue that we're going towards Brave New World, but we won't go on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, for sure. We're going that tangent. And also, both both were right. Both kind of at once. It's kind of weird. Uh, (laughs) Double speak and Soma. 
uh, are kind of the two. Yeah. Those are from each one, right? Soma's from Brave New World, and Double Speak is, is from, from 1984. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, but uh, that's something that I think really got me to tap into this movie was the, I'll say it again, interiority, because I like saying it, it makes me feel smart, of, of Laura in that, like, there is this... I, I guess we should. I guess this movie it it would aid the listener if we did kind of go through the story a little bit. So it opens with, I love the opening, uh, and it's an opening that I think movies have kind of ripped off um, after Brief Encounter. But you, you, we have this free of context uh, moment. We don't even hear the 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 man and the woman talking at the table, um, and you know we're getting shit from the the lady at the bar, the lady at the bar is talking to like the policeman. It's very busy. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of stuff happening and we just see a man and woman talking at the table and we don't know anything about it. We don't know what's going on. And then this just like boisterous, loud British woman comes into the train station bar. Oh my God, Laura, I haven't seen you in ages. And she's everything in this movie is just on, on at an 11 on the British scale of how fucking British it can be. It's great. Um, and she just comes in and you know, you just due to the body language of the actors. And that's something I love oh, about this movie yeah, too. The acting is so great. It's man. 1945. It's like the nuance in the performances is pretty wild to me and was even something that wasn't there in like Citizen Kane and Casablanca, honestly, because it's really playing it up in brief encounter. Cause it knows it's important, but um, you just know that like the energy is off. Like this lady coming in, and like breaking up this discussion that the man and woman are having has totally thrown things off. Um, that plays out, and then you, what happens immediately after that? It, the, I guess he has, he has right to, now. He, the, the the train the train's coming. The man's train the comes. He has go. to leave. He like sets his hand on her shoulder. Yeah, we don't even know who he is in respect to her. Yeah, yeah. We just know that he he just does this shoulder thing. Mm-hmm. And like, and he leaves, and then yeah. after that, when uh, you know the loud, boisterous British lady goes to the bar to get a drink or whatever, uh, she goes to the bar, and then the woman runs out, and then she comes back in, and she's just kind of like, she seems like her mind somewhere she's else, dazed. Like, yeah, she's kind of dazed, and then it cuts to uh, the wife or the the woman going home to her husband, mm-hmm. and you know it's. This is what I appreciate about Brief Encounter a lot is that like, and we'll explain, I guess, why, but like her husband is like a very just kind of goofy, nice man. He's it's not like, like Walt an Disney. asshole. Yeah. He's he like looks a, like Walt Disney. <laughs> I, I kept looking at him. I was like, is that Walt Disney? Yeah. And he's, he's like, yeah. I'm going to, let's, let's put some music on. I'm going to, I'm going to do the crosswood. Help me. I kind of love his character. No, he's great. He's amazing. Yeah. He's, he's great. And he's really important because he. Yeah. He's not bad. He's not a bad guy. He's just a kind of... He's, he's a nice guy. And he trusts her completely. He isn't... You know. Yeah, he trusts her implicitly, which, yeah. you know, we'll circle back around to that great quote later on. But, mm. um, but yeah, and then, and then so begins. The wife sits down. She puts music on. Her internal monologue is her speaking to her husband... About the affair. About the affair. Yeah. Maybe the man we just saw. So, yeah, if, yeah. You, if you just... Talk about the summary of the movie. Mm-hmm. Laura had an affair with a guy. Yeah. And that's it. 
But there's yeah, and that's that's the beautiful part about it, and that goes back with that Ethan Frome thing is that or interiority mm-hmm. thing that you said, which yeah. I like. That the actual actions in the movie mm-hmm. are purely just this woman had an affair with a doctor, and that's all you get. And then obviously your mind goes to where it's like. What a fucking slut. What a whore. Why would she do this to, like, mm-hmm. somebody? Yeah. You know, but then David Lean takes a very, like, sympathetic and empathetic look via... Mm-hmm. Her framing the story. Her like framing, she, yeah. Yeah, because it's like she sits down on the couch, and it's like, what I love is that it starts... This is this is what's felt so modern to me, is, like, the the voiceover of her confessing to her husband who's like doing the crossword puzzle across from her. She's confessing to him, but she's not speaking. She's literally yeah. just sitting there blankly. And it it plays like she wants to say it, but she she can't for many mm-hmm. reasons. Like, it all began so innocently. And then, yeah, and then you have the majority of the movie, which is like these brief encounters, and basically. The, I think the greatest thing about this movie, too, is just like... You, because like to me, I was looking for every reason not to like the husband. Yeah, yeah. And because you're like, we have to have some sort of like moral mm-hmm. excuse here. Yeah. For her yeah. to be so, uh, to 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 go away. But David or the playwright, he mm-hmm. they don't give it to you. Yeah. And that's what's so great. It's like he's it. he's actively yeah. really charming. The husband. It's like mm-hmm. she comes home. And there's the the bit with the two kids that I love where it's like um, they both want to do something the next day. One wants to go to the carnival. One, one wants to go somewhere else. The pantomime. The pantomime, the mommy. pantomime. Yeah, it's also British and charming yeah. in 1940s. Uh, but she's like, can we do both? And the husband's like, no, we can't do both. Let's just tie them up and leave them and go to the movies. Like yeah, that's his give like him a good bit. thrashing. Give him it. a good thrashing. And it's like, this guy, this guy's great. <laughs> He's just being And it's like sets up the very gray area that the movie is kind of working in. Um, and, and then, yeah. And then it starts to set up their relationship. Um, and I'll, I'll take this point to kind of get into a little bit of, little bit of lean facts. I'll lean into the, uh, this, okay. the history. Yeah, here. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, basically he, uh, was working at a movie theater, um, in his early life when he was like in his twenties, mid twenties, Uh, and basically he had an aunt, an aunt, however you pronounce it, that, uh, recommended that he like work on movies. And so he, uh, you know, went to Gaumont studios. Apparently he started as what I will say is the most British position I've ever heard of, which is a T boy. (laughs) He began in his twenties as a T boy. It's like the it's it's like the water boy equivalent. You know. Yeah, the uh, American fish, fish equivalent. The T boy? He'll be the T boy. Um The T boy. Yeah. My and, God. And he was working without pay. Um, and then he he was promoted to Clapper Boy, which I don't know what the fuck that is. They're all boys. <laughs> he ever Yeah. Even when he became a director, He's he was director, director boy. boy. <laughs> He became director. I hope. I hope somebody called him. Fetch that. the director, boy. Yeah, and then and then he, uh, you know, in comparing him a little bit to Kurosawa here, he worked his way up to, uh, which sounds really down the 
the line of of uh, assistants here. He was third assistant director, uh, and he was an editor on like newsreels and things like that. And then yeah, and then that got him into being uh, an editor, which he was for about ten or fifteen years. He was a, an editor on on movies and uh, did like I think ten or fifteen movies as editor. He's edited a shit ton of movies. He even edited most of his own movies, mm. uh, which I think for the era was not, not common. Um, but I think kind of speaks to his, his eye for like how he puts movies together as a director. And how he can be creative with it too, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And like when he became a director, having all of that knowledge as an editor, I've seen some like clips Maybe I'll share them when I put this episode out um, of well, him. Well, I mean, a lot of yeah. good directors are always in the editing room with mm-hmm. the editor and just like yeah. almost being like very like particular. Yeah, it's it, it's know? a it's a relationship mm. that yeah that like I I've heard a lot of directors talk about where it's like they're always there in the editing bay of you know of trying to figure out you know, how it's all going to piece together. Mm. And he just had that further insight of like, I've been there, I kind of know it. So I'm probably just going to edit my own movies and I know how that works. Um, and taking that into directing too. Uh, but let's see here. But yeah, after that, I mean, he has his run of, you know, his British movies, which clearly brief encounter is one, the most British movie I've probably ever seen. And then, uh, and then like later on in the fifties, you know, we're going to talk about bridge over river Kwai. He goes to, um, America. I think that's like a co-production. This and was by the a time, co-production too. Yeah. Oh, this was too. Okay. Was so Eagle he's already, lion. I already saw like, yeah, it was hard to miss the, the yeah, big old yeah. Eagle lion. That's true. Thing, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess it's already co-productions just because America is such a powerhouse. Um, yeah. but then, yeah, when, by the time I think, Lawrence of Arabia comes around. He's fully with, I think like MGM and becomes a golden age of Hollywood guy. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted to set that up that like, uh, you know, of kind of his origins. I'm trying to see, I mean, he was nominated seven times for best director, which is, I think the most of any director of all time. That's pretty wild. Um, let's see here. That's fucking seven times, seven times. Did he win? Uh, he won twice. Yeah. He won for, Mm. This, I think, this is this one, the Palm Door. Yeah, actually. Palm Door. Yeah. Uh, and then he got it for Bridge. I don't think he got it for Lawrence of Arabia, which is interesting. Um, and then another just kind of fun bit is his co writer and producer, Norman Spencer, has said that Lean was a huge womanizer. And to my knowledge, he had almost a thousand women, which is pretty fucking wild. That's a some wild Hollywood women? shit. That's a lot of women. Uh, He's got to have. A thousand STDs. So, yeah, right? Uh, He was married six times. That's not surprising. And only had one son. Uh, He probably had a bunch of sons. and Yeah, there's some lean kids out there. There's some lean kids out there. uh, Yeah. Um, And uh, and at least two grandchildren from all whom he was completely estranged. Wow. So (laughs) he's clearly a guy that loved his work. Maybe it was difficult a little bit. But uh, he married. Yeah. He just married. He married the job. He married the job. And six women. That's pretty fucking wild. Man, six people, women. People huh? in the forties, fifties, and sixties really fucking married a shit ton of people, huh? I feel like it wasn't until like the seventies after that they were like, maybe I should like 
I don't know. Well, I mean, if you're talking about if if you're thinking about brief encounters, (laughs) I mean, it's it's not like the most far fetched thing that Lean would, you know, probably dip outside the, you know. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's very true. That was happening. There were some. I'm sure if you look at the marriage dates, there was probably a little bit of overlap there. Um, yeah. Oh, and maybe yeah. the most important thing, the most apt thing to bring up, I think, for for director showdown here is uh, this little tidbit I found. Uh, so, Lean's uh, affinity for pictorialism—another word that I'm going to get into in a second—did uh, some reading on. And inventive editing techniques has led him to be lauded by directors such as season one picks uh, mm. Steven Spielberg, Stanley Kubrick, oh, both of them, wow. uh, Scorsese, and Ridley Scott. Who kind of feels a little bit like an outlier there? Maybe you shouldn't, but why? I don't know. He's he's done. I guess the epics is what I'm thinking of as as his big like lean influence. Really, Scott don't have no epics. No, I'm saying he does. Like his his epics, I feel like are influenced by lean's epics. I think. Okay, I would say, and he's very British. Like Ridley Scott's a very British guy. Yeah, like Ridley Scott is basically David Lean right now in terms of like how. Yeah, like British filmmaking, like you want to you want to talk to Ridley Scott. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the guy. That's David that. Lean. Wish he would have made an alien movie. That's all I'd I'm watch it. Uh, yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> um, okay, so pictorialism. I, I'm still trying to find like the best concise definition of it, but basically what I found um, is. Essentially, pictorialism applies directly to photography, mm. which was obviously an early thing in the early 1900s. Um, so essentially defined by a distinctly personal expression that emph- emphasizes photography's ability to create visual beauty rather than simply record facts. So essentially like the evolution... Yeah, essentially yeah. If it's it's about the evolution of like taking a picture of a building and being like, that's a building or like there's a family into like, what is this picture? Let's make the art. Yeah. What's the, yeah. what is the meaning you're trying to convey? Yeah, exactly. Like what, what is this? Like what meaning does this picture convey? Uh, which is interesting. Like it's, it's like lean was at the very like birth, I think of film being used to like express ideas and to, to tell stories instead of just putting a camera and watching a play sort of thing. Yeah. yeah or, or see a train come at the screen. Yeah. Uh, Which yeah. is all very exciting back then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just, it was the hottest ticket in town. Seeing yeah. that fucking train. <sighs> Boy, I mean, I would have fucking yeah. shit my pants People, if I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People <laughs> lost their fucking minds, man. People like were scared That's of the I, train. <laughs> That's what I always think. Like, you know how, this is a tangent, but like you know how like you, you you go like all of us have had this where you go on Netflix or whatever streaming platform and you're scrolling and you don't know what to watch mm-hmm. and you spend an hour not knowing what to watch. Yeah, I know that's there's a word for it, right? I don't know what it is, but imagine like some guy in 1901 and has access to Netflix. He's like, I don't care what the fuck. This whatever the first thing is available, I'm gonna watch this because yeah. it's so insane to me. <laughs> and that's what's so that funny—the the huge difference between us yeah. and them. You know? Yeah. 
and I how feel like, like we're just expecting and everything is just so easy to us. You know? Yeah. Let's, if I may, let's, and this kind of you ties may, into what you were talking sir. about. Thank you. Uh, this ties into your, you know, talking about social media against Brief Encounter. I feel like this is the perfect season to carve ourselves off a new corner oh, of how, this very oh, multi-cornered room. We got another corner. Uh, I love new fuck, corners. it was already a corner. What? I was going to say historical context. God damn it. That's a, it's a corner we haven't visited yeah, in a it, little It's a little while. bit dusty. It's a little dusty. Let's dust off the historical context <laughs> corner. I don't know how that makes sense, the concept of dusting off a corner. Well, because most of brush. the other... <laughs> Because most of the other seasons, we had more modern directors. Yeah. And Stanley Kubrick and Steven Spielberg were a little older. A little older, so, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So now we can go, we can revisit, Yeah, you know, the historic, his, his, mm-hmm. historical yeah. God, context corner. corner. I don't get what, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, his, <laughs> history like, corner. History corner. Historical context, God damn it! Why can't I say it? <laughs> oh, I was trying to figure out what you yeah. were having an issue with. I think saying it was the word context. Historic historical context was the trouble. Oh, I yeah. gotcha. Yeah, I was like, what version of history am I going to say here? It's it's a historical artifact of our podcast now. Exactly, that was the joke I was trying to make, and it didn't work out. There we go. Well, we got it back. We got it's it very back. funny, and everybody loves. Everybody laughed. loves it. Uh, no, but yeah, I, I find that really interesting. I found this other little nugget on uh, pictorialism to just because I like, I, yeah, I feel like this season's going to be interesting because it's going to be like making me, and this is part of the reason I think why we decided on these two guys. It's going to like make us go back in time a little bit and like look at how things were. Back, um, in, the, back in time. That's kind of the theme song of the season, huh? Isn't it? God, did, we're Isn't just it? tying everything. We're just tying everything together here. <laughs> Hugh, Hugh Lewis really ties the, ties the room together this season. Um, yeah, so this is talking about pictorialism and you know photography and stuff. Uh, others vehemently believed that a photograph was equivalent to the visual record of a chemistry experiment. Uh, photography historian Naomi Rosenblum points out that the dual character of the medium, its capacity to produce both art and document, uh, was demonstrated soon after its discovery. Nevertheless, a good part of the 19th century was spent debating which of these directions was the medium's true function. So, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. That's, that's interesting, so right? That's weird that that's like a debate, though. Yeah, right? How, like, when 19th century, we're talking 1800s, people were starting to take photographs, and it was like this new hot thing, maybe like a, like a quibby. Oh, would, man. <laughs> You just got to go there, huh? <laughs> I don't I'm trying to like do the the modern, I don't know. It's definitely not a quibby. Um, but it's like vine or something. No, it's kind of like it's kind of like how uh it, the the modern equivalent would be like how Al Gore said internet's going to be about connecting everybody. Yeah, it'd be the internet. That's like the big macro And version. it's going to be about spreading like, you know, everyone's going to like love and and understand each other and science will prevail because, yeah. you know, there's more information and people will learn. And if I become your president, I'll guarantee it. And therefore. <laughs> and no. that's, and that's why, you know, I had a dream that Gore was president. It's weird. 
Wow, like know. now it was or like then. Twenty twenty. No, in twenty. No, he's yeah. circling back around. He's like, hey, let me get, let me double dip. What is Al Gore up to anyway? What Dude, is he he's doing? Just, he's making documentaries about how the planet's fucked, and it's like, uh, you do you, Gore. All right, all right, Gore. Yeah, go for it. Now, now we're done with Gore Corner. Gore or Gore Corner? 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 There's a Gore Corner now. Yeah, Gorner. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's like that. Like, yeah, the internet turned out the way that it did you know whatever it sure did yeah you know whatever you whatever your opinion is <laughs> so. yeah that is what no that's interesting that though because it's like it's this new medium people are taking photographs of everything and it's like i i assume i don't know i'd be interested to like look into this like who was one of the I, it's probably on pictorialism i bet like who was one of the earlier photographers who was like making artistic choices with photography and it's like, yeah, what did people think? People were obviously like, hey, hey, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's, Messing you're with just that taking, exposure. Yeah. Exposure's all bad. It's, you're, just take, you're just showing reality. That's all that can be. I don't know what you're trying to do. And why is it so dark? Why yeah. are you making it why so dark? Why do they dark? look so sad? What, are you trying to say something about the family that you photographed here? Yeah. I think Kubrick was probably part of, because he was a photographer mm-hmm. before he was. A, yeah, so. like, it makes sense... Yeah, it makes sense that Kubrick was influenced by pictorialism and, and Lean's movies for sure. Because, um, like, yeah, like we talked about in season one, it's like he has so many movies that are just picturesque. Like his cinematography, the way he, like his fucking zooms, the way well, that he'll hold a shot. Well, there's some zooms in this movie. There's some good zooms in this movie. There are. There's yeah, some Kubrick true. zooms in this movie. There. That's Yeah, that's true. Um, that, yeah, we can talk about the, the like, shots too. Yeah, like the I, one of my favorite zooms mm-hmm. um, in this film is when uh, the doctor and uh, Laura, or Alec and Laura, were at their typical like. I guess I guess the the uh, appropriate word would be trist, or tr- is that how you pronounce it? Trist or trist? T R Y S T. That means a oh. little lovers like. Is that is that similar to men- menage a trois? Menage a trois. Menagerie? Well, I don't know what menagerie. you're talking about. Jesus. <laughs> We're clearly a couple of English boys who kn- who know our no, a, 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 a tri- <laughs> our language. A, a trist or trist is a you know a lovers like uh, a meetup a meetup for lovers. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. 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 Oh, when they're going to usually well, I guess the it's train other places. Station, the train yeah. station is the big one. Yeah. But Alec was being an adorable boy and talking about how enthusiastic he was about his work. Mm-hmm. And you don't yeah. even see his face. You just see Laura just gazing into him, and how like she she you, you know you know it's just like it's game over. Like she is like totally like in love with this guy, dude. That like, seems great. Nothing, the dialogue yeah. is so good there too, because like she kind of like shows her hand a little bit when she says, "You suddenly look much younger, much like a little boy." And he's like, I what do you, what do you mean? And she's like, oh, never mind. Mm. And it's so great because it's like, yeah, she's like so, pa- she like loves his passion and just like, mm. l- that's like what's connecting, like what what's like, yeah, connecting her to, to him early on basically. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, man. A part of this too is like, we don't get many like full on romance movies anymore. And I feel like I love them when I see them 
And I'll talk about, because I watched it like... Well, because everything's so fucking ironic today, man. Yeah, yeah. Everything's just so tongue It's got to be a comedy to sell. It's some wacky situation. It's always something ridiculous. Like someone... Either it's something so insanely ridiculous, like just go with it, or like it's just Mm -hmm. like something that would never happen. Yeah. Like... The like what what is that where Sandra Bullock has to marry Ryan Reynolds because of her job and she has to because yeah. she might get deported. <laughs> yeah. This is like ridiculous yeah. shit like that, or yeah. someone dies. Like P.S. I love you. It's all this extreme shit. Yeah. Well, but- there's nothing that's just like like this. Yeah, like just a real a simple thing. human adult romantic drama it made me think of uh phantom thread which i'm gonna yeah, bring back around i was gonna i, was gonna I think mention. yeah there's there's a couple scenes in particular it's that a pretty david pta yeah. <laughs> like i think was directly influenced by but um have you seen carol the no. uh jesus christ kate blanchett and rooney mara movie i That's i just lesbian one right? yeah, yeah yeah it's and it takes place in the I heard it 50s. was good. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I I literally just happened to because I was like, oh, I've heard Carol's really great. Let me check it out. I watched it like the day before I rewatched Brief Encounter, which is so funny because Carol opens with the same scene that Brief Encounter opens with. Yeah, I'm pretty it's, sure Carol's probably just a remake of. It is. Of it's, yeah, this, dude. Yeah. In in so many ways, because it opens with seeing them in the background. They're talking at a table. A, a man walks up and he's like. Oh hey, are you going to that party? Do you want it, do you want me to take you to that party? And then it splits them up, and then it works its way back around to that scene at the end. And I was like, holy shit, this is brief encounter all over again. But that's another example of like a modern romantic drama that it's not it's not like it took that scene from brief encounter, but is doing its own thing. Obviously, isn't different is different in a lot of ways. Well, I mean, I just say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't seen Carol, but I'm assuming. Yeah, like. You know, it's it's of that era, and it's a forbidden love. You know yeah, I mean? it, yeah, yeah. In that way, it's it's very yeah. similar to it. Um, I but, mean, you uh, could you could say this is kind of can be a you can make this into a homosexual like kind of movie. You know, you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, you put anything yeah. that's like a forbidden love in, in this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it is very much like kind of a template that I feel like a lot of people probably kept going. I'm, yeah, even. Uh, Fuck man, yeah. Even uh, Brokeback Mountain actually kind of takes a lot of the template of this movie. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it feels really influential in that way. Yeah, Forbidden Love, I guess, is the genre we should be. Mm-hmm. That's probably what this is. This is a Forbidden Love. I guess it's a yeah. subgenre of the romance category. Yeah, the Forbidden yeah, Love the genre. Because yeah, because he's married the doctor. Uh, Alec. I mean, what the fuck is Forbidden Love? That's why we can't have this no more. <laughs> Because, like, what is forbidden nowadays? You got fucking 50 <laughs> genders. You know oh what I mean? Oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, got, listen. There's yeah. no one gives a shit anymore. There's, there's nothing forbidden anymore. But, I th- yeah, I mean. Be really. What is. Yeah, we're really breaking it down now. Uh, yeah, like, we're breaking it down now. What is the yeah. definition of, like, romantic? I haven't looked it up, but it's like. Uh, like, yeah, for, forbidden love is maybe the most romantic concept right yeah because it's, it's an enticing thing that is like mm-hmm. 
Ooh, yeah, danger and yeah, the, da- the danger because, of because it, like, yeah. who knows? Maybe the like, let's just let's just um, let's just say in an alternate universe, Alec and Laura do like run away together, and like mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna have fuck ups too. Like they're not gonna have a perfect life. Yeah, you know what I mean for sure. I think I think uh, I think we 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 need to be reminded of that. This is not some sort of like justification for the affair. Oh yeah, not at all. And her, I feel like her it, it's journey more tracks like, that kind of yeah. Yeah, it's it's more of like an, a drug, if anything. Yeah, like she has like they're both intoxicated. Like they don't. I don't think they really love each other as more as that they. Are it's passion and like passion brief infatuation, and infatuation with each other. Yeah, yeah. Because Laura has all these fantasies about like you know going on, going to the, yeah, you know the fucking oh, yeah. We should talk about cruises that and yeah. The, the, I love that scene a lot. That scene's really great. Yeah, her. That's after like I think maybe their first like day together, right? I think like they their first must full have day, kissed or something. I think we, I don't even. This movie's very like British in its suppression of, uh explicit like sexual activity like think, they don't have sex I think, I think them not consummating their relationship makes it so yeah. much more impactful i i agree for sure because yeah flames of passion i love that yeah, yeah. the I commercial think, i think yeah. it would have ruined like even if you took this put like e- like let's just say that this is a very liberal society that you would have sex or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the the lack of sex added to the intensity and the passion between the two because yeah. like sex is essentially climax. You know, it, it's like the climax. Yeah, and there's yeah. nothing while this m- movie never gives you the satisfaction of that climax. Mm-hmm. It never brings it about and that's why it hits so much harder. Yeah. I, I know that's not about sex, but sex is like a, a marker in the but relationship. In, yeah, in a way, you know what I mean? that's a it, big power. Like, that's a big strength of the movie is yeah. just that, like, this movie, uh, yeah, I, I think it's... Because they both want it. Yeah. <laughs> we know... It's that, passion. It's, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that they both want to, I mean, they both want to have sex, and, I mean, even, like, Alec took them to... Um, you know his friend's uh, yeah, apartment. Yeah, that's like the the climax. And you're of the like, movie. okay, <laughs> here we go. They're gonna finally fuck. And yeah. this is what we all wanted. Mm-hmm. Like as an audience, I mean, I I can't say that I can't say that nobody was looking forward to the sex. Like we wanted them to finally hook up. Mm-hmm. And the very fact that that was taken away from us, and also the fact that that old lady comes in and ruins the passionate goodbye yeah. adds to the Just tragedy like of friend. it. Yeah. Who, who, well, yeah that, yeah, that scene plays out a little longer, but, but yeah, like she... Well, she I love all those with... undercuts. It's like you're expecting like this romantic like sort of thing, this passionate romantic like encounter. Yeah, yeah. And it gets taken away from you. And that's what also adds to the intensity of the, the romance. It's yeah. it's like it's like a weird um paradoxical thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if they just met up and fucked, then nothing would have it, w- it would have meant nothing. Nothing of it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I just love that there's that layer 
There's that layer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, under the surface, like the, this movie's like, have have we coined this or said this? I feel like mm-hmm. we must have at any point, but at some point, but like, it's like an iceberg movie in that way. And I'm talking, I'm not talking Titanic here. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like the, it's a movie with a lot under the surface. Like, there's characters withholding information. It's like we see Laura's inner inner thoughts, and that kind of like adds an extra dimension to the movie, but there's so much subtextual about this movie that that's part of the reason why I feel it's so modern that even though it's, you know, made in the 1940s, even though that it's using an outdated mechanism of film of, of voiceover, um, it still feels very modern in that way that there's so much nuance to it. And I don't know. Well, like, and you need the voiceover because it sets up the framing of, where yeah. you're supposed to be at. Yeah, that's in true. In her mind, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, in in her living room. Um but yeah, I want to I want to talk a little bit about Lean's tricks cuz he has a lot of really cool visual tricks in this movie that um Lean tricks. Lean tricks. Another corner. Lean into the <laughs> Lean tricks. No, it's like a David's. cereal. You 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 eat lean tricks. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, there is that scene after I think their first date when she's on the train and she's just like, I forget if it's linked to the time when she's like, oh, they can all see it on me. They all are shaming me. They all are aware of what I just did. But no one really gives a shit about like, you know. Yeah, or if it's the one, no, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, the train one. Yeah, yeah it's the, the one, one after when she's on the train when she's like, I don't even care what they think about me. I'm so fucking happy. Like, I, I'm picturing like us on a cruise, us going to on yeah, vacation. Yeah, that one's amazing. Yeah. And it's so good. Yeah, and it like, because you you, yeah. you you totally relate to that scene. Like mm-hmm. everybody has that sort of like yeah. you days out in your daydream thinking about things. Yeah, and he visually does it in a way that's so like natural. Like mm-hmm. you gaze, she's gazing out to like nothing, you know, yeah. on the window, and and she's looking at you. I love that scene. So like she she looks at the camera mm-hmm. and and her reflection. Yeah, yeah. And then it's almost like as if like gazing into you mm-hmm. a bit on like how you would react. And then, yeah, we're it. glimpsing into yeah. her mind, what she's seeing, which is the like windows, the window to the soul. Yeah. God damn it. There's a lot of fucking layers of this movie. Yeah, man. I love it. Layers, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I love that, like, you know, at the tail end of that kind of like, um, fantasy sequence, one of the bridges that she's seeing in their, you know, on their journey turns into like the bridge, that she always river sees. Kauai, yeah. Oh, on the river Kauai. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it turns into a bridge that she sees every day or every week on her train ride home. And she's like, and then I didn't feel it anymore. And it went away. And then I felt nothing. And it's like, I, I just love the, to use it again, the interiority that we get with this movie where it's like, um, you know, very much describing her processing all of this passion well, and this, well, and yeah, this love affair. Interiority, that's so hard to do in film. Yeah. That's mm. one of the fucking hardest things to do. And yeah. I, I feel like most, you know, most... Um, I mean, most films actually avoid it completely. Yeah. I can't think yeah. of many... Can you think of another example where they... Uh, uh, I know... They, uh, unless everything's literally the inside concept someone's mind. Interiority. <laughs> like inside out. <laughs> hey, there you go. Right. They're inside people's brains. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it, that is interesting because like... Um, it's a hard thing to do. Modern like, directors, yeah. I feel like, there, there's this, you know... Um, 
I guess, concept of like, you, you don't want to do voiceover anymore. And yeah. I understand that. I understand that like, it can very much be used as a crutch. A lot of movies, a lot of bad movies use it as a crutch. Um, but yeah, yeah. But also like, how else are you going to display what's happening inside a person's head? And it does seem like most modern directors. Well, because like your inner that. voice is literally a voice mm-hmm. in your head. Yeah, yeah. Like, what else is it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That's why I think it, I bought it. I, 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 I said, David, I'm buying this. I'm buying yeah. this ticket. I'm, I'm on the. I'm, I'm getting on, the ticket on this train. I'm on I'm, the. <laughs> I'm on this. I'm on this interiority train. Yeah, yeah. The t- interiority express. <laughs> We're on. Yeah. Well, because trades are all uh, trades are all about this, you know. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Damn. huh? It's good. What um, is the metaphor of the trains? Ooh, uh, she's on a train through life, a train that's on a track. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna. It's not gonna go any and other way. She took way. a quick stop at the Alex station. God damn it. <laughs> A and she literally stop. multiple times yeah. turns away from getting on the train back home. God damn it, oh, man! Shit. God, that's some there's good some shit. good shit. Right that's some there. good shit. Um, and they went op- they they go opposite directions. She runs away multiple oh, times, God. especially near the yeah, especially near the end. And um, she wanted the train to kill her. God, that that's right. I forget about that. There's, there's that train quote, shit. There's that quote I texted you <laughs> that I think is yeah. great. Um, early on, she says multiple times in this movie, and that's that's what I love about it too. That feels very modern because of millennials. But she says multiple times, like, "I wish I was dead. Can I just yeah. be dead, please?" And yeah. like, I'm I'm infusing it with more American uh, phrasing, but yeah, like, yeah, that's what she said. She's like, uh, "Yeah, I wish I, 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 wish I was dead, yeah. so that I just didn't have to deal with this. Like, this mm. is too complicated." Oh, yeah. Now it's playing out the fantasy sequence, but um. But yeah, it's it's great. I love all of the internal internalized stuff that that ha- that plays out in this movie. It's great. Mm. Um, but she just wanted to get off the train. She wanted to let the train kill her. Mm-hmm. She wanted it to stop. Yeah. What if I jumped in front of this train? I think she says like at mm-hmm. one point. Um, God, I'm trying to think of. Let's see here. Voiceover. Yeah, like what other voice ogre movies? Um, oh, that's right. We were talking about, yeah, the interiority of like modern movies. There was yeah. one movie we uh, talked about recently that I was thinking a lot about the internal side. I can't remember, but I, yeah, it seems like modern movies kind of have ditched that because they know that, yeah, they're like, well, we can do voiceover. And a lot of, I feel like directors, modern directors put that on actors mm. to just portray and I feel like it's a sign of a great character, like, uh, you know, someone that like Joaquin Phoenix or like Daniel Day-Lewis would play, that like we see on their face the interiority, you know? And you don't get as much as you do from Laura in this movie because there's no voiceover, but it's putting so well, much more onto... Well, yeah. well, I want an example of explicit interiority, like... Yeah. Explicit interiority, like this movie has done. Yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised that we don't, cause there was one of the, our recent episodes. Let me, let me go through. Cause I know think of there every was... single anime and yes, that, that that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. In anime, they just tell you all their thoughts 
and they also say them aloud as well. Yeah. I'm very upset about what you did, you Sake. <laughs> and it's because you stole the the dragon star. And then he explains the very complicated method of the dragon star and why it's so bad. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's a very anime thing for yeah. sure. I don't know. Maybe, I'm trying to find like what maybe maybe it was as far back as the Hurt Locker, but I feel like it was more recent than that. But of trying to portray how do I even fucking word this? Like, like trying to portray what a character is all about, what a character believes, and okay. like so think of without doing think of voice movies of. that are just usually just like mm-hmm. one person moon. Yeah. Those okay. are the interiority type movies because they... But Moon has to give you a robot. It has to give you a Kevin Spacey up. robot or it has to give you another so Sam Rockwell. The interesting is that they have to have foils like that. Yeah. They have to like... They can't. They can't just have the only person. Now I'm start. Now I'm starting to come back around on like because before us talking about this, I was always like, yeah, voiceover is an outdated thing. It's a thing that like, yeah, it's a fucking crutch, man. Voiceover is a fucking crutch. Good fucking crutch. I'm almost <laughs> thinking of it now as a fucking another tool in your toolbox. It's another tool in your toolbox. That like, if you use it well, like fucking they do in this movie, then like that shit can be fucking great. That can make your movie well, so yeah, good. It, it, yeah, it, it's 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 like um, I don't know if you're if you're a chef and you oh use, boy here we go what what's use, he cooking up this time and you use the butcher's knife on vegetables or something I don't know some shit like that right you're you're just using your tool incorrectly yeah yeah then it's wrong but you know if you use it correctly then it's gonna taste good yeah I think you that's good I, mean? I think yeah. it's a good metaphor um. God, now I'm just and trying I, to think of voiceover movies. Like, I oh my know. god, why can't I think of any? Well, like, it's, I feel like it's so few and far between. Um, I don't Fight know. Club. Oh, that's fucking great. That's fucking great. That's doing a similar yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I honestly think it's doing a similar thing to Brief Encounter, where it's like you're getting a voiceover. Of a different context. Yeah. Right? Well, maybe it's different. Maybe it's a slightly different thing, but um, it well, also of a different character. The voiceover was completely necessary in that movie. Yeah, yeah. It's completely warranted to convey, like, what was going on with um, Ed Norton's uh, character. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's one. That's great. No, you know what actually is a good comparison, and I was talking about it earlier, is is Carol where it's a movie with no voiceover. It's literally putting it all on the actresses. And the actresses are fucking great in that movie. Um, but it's interesting. Like, it, it is more modern Memento. Carol. Memento. Oh, fuck, yeah. I got it. Memento. Memento, Memento is a great... Yeah, Memento, you need, great, you need the voiceover there, too. Both movies we've fucking talked Ooh. about. Our goddamn I'm just show. looking over my video... <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. That's I'm, funny. At, I'm like, which ones have voiceovers? Um, yeah. What was I just saying? Yeah, but but yeah, Carol is that very modern thing where it's like we're not gonna have voiceover. We're gonna let the actresses carry everything. Mm-hmm. But it is more. Um, what's the word? Like it is more uh, ambiguous what you're left to deal with when the movie ends than brief encounter because brief encounter you are 
guided through. See, isn't that funny that like yeah. I feel we like want the ambi- more ambiguity. Yeah. Now, I guess. Because we're lazy. Yeah. <laughs> or we're not well, lazy. Well, I would say I that know. this like the brief encounter example would be the lazy or route, wouldn't it? It depends on who you want the onus of laziness to rely on. Like yeah. the laziness um the laziness then goes on the viewer on this on the brief encounter part because the unit the viewer knows, but the yeah. laziness was not on the on the uh, writer because they wrote it. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's but true. But when you keep it ambiguous, it's like the laziness is on the artist because it's just like you just let the viewer fucking so. figure it yeah, out. Yeah, and I, I I guess another another way that brief encounter uses it well is it's it's what it's wanting to do is tell an emotional story. Yeah, Irishman. You know what one I just came <laughs> I up with, too? I mean, yeah, like, wait, keep... God, Irishman is a fucking great one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Is Forrest Gump. And I rewatched it a couple mm. weeks ago. I am fascinated to talk Forrest Gump with you when we do Bobby oh Z in God. 2021, just, putting it on the books right now. I must I just I not want to do Bobby Z because of this <laughs> enthusiasm, you know? Well... G- you get somebody you're equally enthusiastic about, and we'll fucking put them against each other. We'll get back to season one with how angry we get at each Anybody? other. Anybody? Sure, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's going to be wild. I can't wait to see what you pick. Um, but yeah, Forrest Gump's another example of like the unreliable narrator of we're seeing something that is not what we're hearing in narration, but that movie gets into a lot of weird gray areas of like, is this satirical or is this like a weird, sincere boomer jerk off movie? Which I think ultimately it is. But um, yeah, that's a that's a movie for another year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Forrest Gump. Yeah, I think I, it's a I think it's a fine a fine movie. <laughs> That's yep. kind of my ultimate it's takeaway a fine too. Movie, it's like because it made it me cry the, in the last twenty. Which isn't hard, yeah. as we've discussed, but it's also like a very emotional ending to it. And you're like, oh, was this all worth the kind of boomer history walkthrough? I don't know. Um, but, uh, man. boomer history walkthrough. Yeah. A little <laughs> boomer history lesson uh, that I, true story, I thought was a true story until I was probably 17 years old. You know, I think yeah. I think I thought it was a true story when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah. God, that movie was so huge. That's fucking insane. Um, let's ho, see. Ho, run, Force One, run. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolates. That's all I remember it from. Like, yeah, I mean, those are the big set pieces of yeah. uh, of, of the movie. Um, okay, yeah, so Lean's, Lean's directing corner. Uh, another shot that I love is um, uh, when Laura... So it's like this really interesting shot where in the bottom part of the frame, we see the back of Laura on her couch in the living room. And then we see her looking at herself and Alec in the, I think it's when they're in the train station bar and literally that fades away into her in the living room. If that, I don't know if that made sense to anybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, it's a really like creative shot where it's like, trying to portray to the viewer, it's that pictorialism thing where it's like, how how can we like visually tell the story of, you know, Laura's on her couch. 
she's like imagining this confessional. She's imagining the moment when she was at the train station with Alec, but then it fades into reality. And the, the way that he does that, I think, is like really creative. Fading reality. Oh, boop. There goes that gravity. There goes gravity. Oh. Those rabbit. Oh, mom, spaghetti. No moment will further define what our podcast is <laughs> than what that just was. <laughs> hey, you gotta you gotta keep the people who don't give a shit about film in. Hey, you gotta keep you gotta, keep, you gotta balance it out. <laughs> and on that note, no better time than to talk about some of the fucking quotes, some of these wild British quotes that I love. Um, Hit me. Let me give you a couple of these quotes here. Oh, this one, this one I was like stunned by. I like rewound it when I saw it because um, it's when, uh, what's his name? Um, Alec is in the apartment. He's just kind of basically been caught by his friend who owns the apartment. Oh, yeah. Who Alec was trying to like I'm fuck bit, around. I'm a bit broad-minded man. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. He's like a very like, hello, Alec. Like he has yes. this amazing voice. Hmm. He has one of the best quotes I feel like I've ever heard, which is he was talking about like talking to people at a, a bar or something. And he says like, he's talking about how it was hard to talk to them. And he said, inflamed membranes are unsympathetic to a dialectic. Oh yeah. Which I was like, beautiful, beautiful. Holy shit. That is insane. Be- <laughs> Let's break that down. Let's break inflamed membranes membranes are unsympathetic unsympathetic to a dialectic which retroactively reframes the whole sentence to be like oh he's like a british wordsmith guy yeah he's a smart he's an intellectual yeah so that whole sentence is like a piece of art (laughs) yeah inflamed membrane are unsympathetic to a dialectic so he's saying (laughs) stupid people don't yeah. care about smart people is what he's saying. Yeah, exactly. But he says it in the most a, witty fucking yeah, way it's imaginable. Like, Fuck this guy. Yeah. For being so goddamn clever. Yeah. Um God, a lot of good quotes. Uh there's <laughs> Will you back me up in the most appalling domestic lie? Oh yeah, that lie. That's fucking great. That's when she's like trying to come up. Uh, it was kind of adorable in how she said it. Yeah, because yeah, she's talking about how the first time that she lies I'd to her husband it, yeah. about what she did that day, basically, which is another quote that I wrote down, uh, which is great, which is, it's awfully easy to lie when you know you're trusted implicitly. So very easy and so very degrading. Yeah. That's just so fucking good. And then, yeah, and then right after that, she lies to her husband the first time about how she like ran into an old friend and then she called up the friend and said like, will you entertain me? I was out buying Domestic something lo- for a, birth- a birthday for him, birthday present for just to cover her, her tracks. Cause yeah. she's like, I cannot get caught in this. Yeah. Um, which is so funny that she runs into her later with the guy and mm. that's like a whole issue. She's like, it fucks up her whole date with him because she's like, Oh, fuck, somebody saw me with this guy. That's all I'm And honestly, to... they probably don't even give a shit. That's the funniest thing about all of it is yeah. that a lot of people are just like, I don't like, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And it's all like that. That's why the interiority yeah. is so important is that all those people probably just don't care or know because everyone is dealing with their own interiority. Mm-hmm. They're in their own like messy lives and... There's like everyone's just doing their, and everyone outside of that is just kind of like f- doing great. 
That's how yeah. we all feel about ourselves. Yeah. We all feel that everyone outside ourselves are doing so fantastic, are sec- emotionally secure. Yeah. Are, yeah. Everything's going great for them except for us. Yeah. And that's literally what's like happening to Laura here is that she thinks that everyone gives a shit about like <laughs> what's going on with yeah. her. But it's like, that's of the era too. Is. That's how people were too. Well, that's how like, just people are yeah, in general. In general. That's true. Yeah. Like, why do you think like, like a lot of people are awkward and weird and hesitate because they give so much of a shit about how other people are. And they assume that other people are doing so amazing and more, much yeah. better off when you realize the the confident people I've noticed are people who don't care, are the people who know that other people don't give a shit, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like that's that's the height of confidence is that knowing that everyone is has their own crazy weird lives, mm-hmm. and there's nothing to be ashamed about, like with your own weirdness, and that's the yeah. that's where the confidence. Lies. Yeah, and I I think that's that's kind of the magic of, of this movie is that it taps like directly into that yeah. interiority that we all feel like that same subconscious thought process that we all have. And it like fully like weaponizes that for, for the story it's telling. I, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about modern day. And I think I have some examples, honestly, of, uh, a director, or at least a couple of his movies that I think do this really well. Uh, a guy that I know you have, uh, you have some issues with for interesting reasons, but Damien Chazelle, I think is a real, oh, I have nothing wrong with him on a <laughs> filmmaking level. Okay. Well, I, I, have I, a, my, I, my, my issue is just how he looks like. I don't like how he looks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's totally like it's exteriority. So- the exteriority of it's, David It's Chazelle. totally juvenile and stupid. I, yeah. I'm fully aware there's And he's no so young, and that's what pisses me off about him. I, I uh, hate how young he is. Yeah, it's annoying. It does piss me off a lot that he's accomplished so much more than I have <laughs> but at a young age. I, I think he is an interesting comparison I didn't think I'd be making to David Lean in like the evolution of interiority from a movie like brief encounter where you're getting, I, I feel, I'm feel like I'm going to sound like a dick throwing around these like phrases, but, uh, explicit interiority. If that makes sense, like you have voiceover, you have like this character's thoughts, right? And then you have modern day movies. Like I recently rewatched whiplash, which is a movie I fucking love. And then a movie like first man, which I love too. Um, but that are like incredibly, subjective movies about just one character's experience and whiplash is all about this guy who is just going to like kill himself trying to meet his goal. And like the way that Chazelle visualizes his internal struggle, whether it's like practicing drums in a fucking dark room alone at night so hard that like he starts bleeding his hands start, he cuts open his hands and in, in its own way, we're like seeing the internal side of this character, right? Like when we see that happen to like a movie like uh, First Man, where we're like seeing just like a close up of Neil Armstrong on the Apollo, whatever, not Apollo 11. It was like one of the earlier ones where it's just like 
rocketing off towards outer space and it's just like shaking and it's like we're not getting any outside shots of the ship. We're not getting any... Yeah, no uh, global shots. Yeah. yeah, we're not getting any external... We're not getting context. It's fully just like the rocky, shaky, internal... You mean Michael Bay shots? I... Ooh, and Jesus. why is Michael Bay bad? Oh, he doesn't boy. have a sense of geography. <laughs> But reaction yeah. shots, man. Ooh, I got you, boy. God, Zemeckis v. Bay. Oh, I don't know. No, David Chazelle v. Bay. Oh Dude. my God, and they're the same person. Put put a pin in that. But no, like that's what I love about those two Chazelle movies. Is it's like by the directing itself, by the actual shots, you're getting an internal story i guess and it's like a testament to like miles teller and fucking uh gosling that they're such good actors but like um yeah i feel like he's an interesting modern equivalent to like what david lean's trying to do with a movie like this i hope that wasn't like too fucking out there for people to like track but um and i know i know you haven't seen first man we'll we'll cover it at some point but yeah yeah um no that's a good way of putting it i mean it's just a more modern example of that i guess well, I mean, it, you can just go back to your boy, uh, Stevie, you know? Yeah. Stevie loves those reaction shots. I mean, I can't... Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of... It, the reaction shots are the, um, mm, yeah. you know, you're, you're kind of getting a glimpse of what they're feeling inside. I yeah. almost feel like he is the middle ground between the two. It's like he... Yeah. he saw lean and did one thing with it. And then Chazelle saw Spielberg movies and kind of took that another step, which is why film is so cool. Cause it's like an evolving fucking art form. It's like people are taking lessons from prior directors and learning new tricks. Hmm. Um, but let's see here. I don't think I had too many other quotes. Oh, the fucking, um, what's her name? I wrote it down because she had such a British name. Let's see. I wrote down barrel organs. There's that whole bit about barrel well, organs. What do you in think of the the whole subplot between the the uh, store owner and the conductor? Um, honestly, I don't know if I fully track what happened in that. because there was enough screen time to make me. I didn't really pay too much attention, but yeah. it seemed like there was supposed to be something there 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 was and i picked up i guess a little bit more this time but like yeah it's so funny that the the movie opens with and i i need to find her fucking name so i can actually talk about um uh da, 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 da. no i i guess i fucking she's the, she's down. a very british woman that uh yeah that barkeep brandy Oh, oh, that's right. Mrs. Baggett. Oh, yes. Mrs. Baggett. B-A-G-G-O-T. I think, I I guess so, yeah. That is, I think, because I was watching it subtitles. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, Baggett. (laughs) But the movie kind of opens with, uh, oh, is it Mrs.? I feel like that throws an interesting twist into it because the movie opens with her being very cold and being very, like, like shrugging off this cop who the cop is like being very flirtatious with her. Right. Yeah. And Um, like, huh? Yeah. And she's kind of shrugging him off and he's like, what, what, 
why, why are you being very cold to me tonight, Mrs. Baggett? In a very yeah. British, some other British. And you look genuinely upset, like sad about it. And she's like, yeah. "Well, I'm not. Listen, we we stopped selling brandy already. I can't give you any more." And a lot of brandy talk in this movie. Um, but yeah, and then I th- I feel like they eat the, every time they go to the fucking train station. There's like a, a policeman and Baggett scene where they're being kind of flirty. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't have the answer. It, it's I almost fully... like a microcosm of what. Yeah, I guess that could, is happening with them. Yeah, because I think I, 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 this is what this is my take of it. That yeah. if we're going to talk about like the theme of interiority mm-hmm. and have that dovetailed with that subplot and how it relates, yeah, is the whole aspect on how the Miss ba- Baggett does not care about the trist or the affair that's going on. <laughs> she has her own thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like she yeah. has her own thing with the with the conductor. Is he a conductor or a policeman? I don't he's know. A, yeah, he's like a guard. He's like a yeah. police guard, I think, policeman. Yeah, she's she has her own she doesn't she doesn't care about mm. like cuz Laura was so concerned about like yeah, who's watching and blah, blah. well she has her own shit that yeah. she's having like a sh- <laughs> thing with this yeah guy. there's a whole other story you know what I mean? yeah that's yeah. the exteriority thing it's like there there's we're getting this internal glimpse of you know their their affair and everything but then i think that's smart of the movie to open with you know miss mrs baggett doing her own shit yeah on her own little journey and then we get little like glimpses mm. into it to yeah. just highlight it i think it, it it's like it's like padding or uh it gives more context to the, the overall theme of the film. I yeah. think that's what that subplot's about. And also, have you seen Irreversible by Gasper? No, I still haven't. I feel like we've talked about it a couple times. I haven't, no. I don't know. It's so funny that I'd <laughs> We'll, we'll this do Gasper No and, and Bobby Z. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the funniest thing. Hey guys, li- thanks for listening to Enter the Void. Next week we're talking Polar Express. <laughs> and just like the fucking whiplash people would get from that would be insane. Oh my god. God. I would I don't I don't know if I would want to live or die in that season. <laughs> One is trying to help me like, you know, be yeah. whimsical and live Jesus. life. And the other one's telling me I should kill myself. Should we do that? It's That's a, so it's interesting. so fucking bold. What a wild fucking paradigm. That would be. A, I don't know if I could handle. My heart could take it. Yeah, that'd be weird. Irre- the thing but is, irreversible, like, irreversible yeah. is. I don't even know if I want to Gaspar Gaspar no no way because just it's unpleasant. Just, it's just so. F- it's not irreversible. Is really fucking good. Yeah. Enter the void is really fucking good. <laughs> Do I want to watch them again? Yeah. No. It's like come and see. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's one of the best movies I've ever seen. I can agree. I'm never ever gonna watch that movie again. Like, like I don't want to yeah. fucking kill myself. Like yeah. be so sad and depressed. But Irreversible yeah. has a sort of like, you know, you have the con you have you have something that you don't understand the context of, and you get an understanding of it later. So it's kind of like what happened here. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. it's a similar thing. You should um, watch it, but watch it in bright daylight, and you're nothing can nothing can ruin your day. Sort of feeling <laughs> when when I'm when I'm on, I'll I'll watch it on inauguration day. Let's oh, yeah. just say yeah, yeah. January twentieth. Go for go for like a really like hard run. You know, like you're feeling yeah, endorphins. I'm feeling great. You have a nice cold beer. Yeah, 
you know, indulge a little bit. And then you Retro- yeah. <laughs> in retrospect, I shouldn't have watched come and see on a night that I was feeling very depressed, which That's I did. So and it was funny. not good. So um, yeah. But I'll do that. I, I, I need to watch that movie. Um, I wanted to, there's just like, we've rarely talked about a movie this fucking old. We've yeah. never actually, this, this is, is our oldest movie. movie. Yeah. Um, I wanted to circle back around on some fun historical context of uh, little things that I picked up on this movie. Uh, first off, a credit I noticed is Sergei Rachmaninoff himself did the fucking mm. music for this, which is crazy. That's like the equivalent of like... Uh, who is that? Well, I don't know who the... Mod- There's no modern equivalent. Like Rachmaninoff's one of the... the he's one of the most famous classic... Like composers, basically. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, like, would it be like a Beethoven? Then? Yeah, it'd be like score by Beethoven. That's ridiculous. over a fucking Kubrick movie or something. Well, well yeah. That's a funny but little error that uh, I just made. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mozart over a did the score. Like actual, for, like he's alive and he did. And he this, did the music yeah, for. Did. Yeah, that's that's what happened with this, which is hilarious to me. Um, that's weird. Yeah, it's it's odd. Um, Let's see here. Uh, oh, they sleep in separate beds. That's some real like uh, what the um, the husband and wife, like her and her actual husband, sleep in separate beds. You know, sometimes it's like let's go back to that though. Sometimes like you get I mean, you t- someone takes up a little bit too much blankets. All right, that's all hey, I'm saying. You want to know something? Amy and I have separate blankets, and it's fucking great. You know, that's that's just the solution. Right? It, I think it's honestly the solution. I recommend it to everybody. It's great. Yeah, it's the solution. You can still cuddle, but you have your own fucking blanket. You don't it's even the have the final to, solution. One might say it's. <laughs> one might say. What <laughs> say? Uh, oh yeah, and then I I wrote down in all caps. Uh, barrel organ question mark because there's like the whole bit of her being like and then i saw a man playing a barrel organ and i was just fascinated by him and i just watched him for a while and i was like people just like played barrel organs in the street of fucking britain they just fucking yeah sure what a world what a world that'd be bring that back maybe just public barrel organ. i guess people play pianos i mean you could I know they're stopping you. Yeah. It's just probably not as, you know, probably not as marketable as it used to be. That's all, all I'm, I'm saying. All I'm saying, it's, it's, it's probably better than fucking some guy with a beard playing fucking, uh, what's that song? Every, like some acoustic song by like Lifehouse or, or something. Yeah, yeah Wonderwall. Yeah, yeah. There, there's the joke I was looking for. There, there, <laughs> this is not the it. joke you were looking for. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Those are the those are the main ones I had. Trains. Train. Bring back trains. I love trains. Are great. Oh yeah, aren't you? Aren't you one of those train guys? I was. Yeah, I grew up <laughs> going boys. on trains. Huh? You were a train boy, right? I was a big train boy. Yeah. Yeah, my brother was a train boy as well. I loved him. Yeah. yeah, like uh, in California, we would take the Amtrak. Uh, between Sacramento and San Francisco, like often, we would take it a lot, and it was great. I fucking love riding the train. I had like a train set that yeah. I like put my Star Wars action figures in the little train cars, and and that just didn't. Had a blast. Make, that's why you're just you know something's wrong with your head there. Yeah, I guess that's true. that doesn't make any fucking sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, why I would, <laughs> that's just being a kid, just doing dumb shit with your action figures. Maybe that's another subconscious train. reason why I love this movie is the fucking train shit. You have the trains. train shit, yeah. Um. 
Let's see. And there's also Yoda in this film in the background. That's probably why. Oh, that's yeah, true the, too. The hidden, I did love the seeing the hidden Yoda. Yoda cameo. Yeah, a little little hidden Yoda cameo. <laughs> and then Thor's hammer at the end of the <laughs> God. That's what was really unexpected. <laughs> Just finding out that like the MCU was actually being set up <laughs> by this Lean. early by David Lean of all people. A man who died in the nineties. He knew. He knew. He, he just he fucking he saw what was coming. He knew it was coming. Um, David Lee. He he knew that he knew that he was you know that all movies were eventually going to be fucking roller coasters. Yeah, he he knew you know he knew about the whole MCU schedule all the way up past Endgame. He even knew about what's going past hey, Endgame. Dude, Lee knew fucking Phase Six. Yeah, he knew post Blade. He knows what's coming. <laughs> Well, well, the thing is, what's funny that kind of reminds me of is that new, was that Vision something, what's it called, that show? WandaVision. WandaVision. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's that kind of 1950s sort of classic. Yeah, that's doing called. some interesting yeah. postmodern stuff where it's going to like go through the eras of sitcom TV. I hope that's good. That looks really wild, that show. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I like Paul Bettany and I, I, I yeah. you know, I, of course I love... Uh, yeah, old Elizabeth Olsen. I mean... Yeah, the, she's the best great. of the Olsen sisters. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we can all definitively say. I'll say I, I like the Olsen twins, if you know what I mean. Well, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was so good that I was like, "Yeah, I made a dumb sound and I kept doing it." It was so fucking funny. That's great. That's a good fucking joke. It's a good joke. Um, yeah. God, this is a this is a funny episode. Listen, I'm just gonna call my. Who would have thought for brief for encounters? Fucking brief of encounter. all fucking a movie that's witty and has some good humor in it, yeah. but isn't isn't a laugh riot. Yeah. Um, a laugh riot. Yeah. We're okay. So this is the scene. In we have it on in the background per usual. Um, the scene where you're getting all the context of it's essentially that opening scene where they're at the train station together. Essentially, this is their last meeting. He's mm-hmm. going to move to South Africa, to Johannesburg, to his brother's... Um, hospital. Hospital. Yeah. And this is their last meeting. It's like, he's moving. They know it's the final one. And it's like, funny, like, he it. chose to move because mm-hmm. he couldn't stand to be around her. He, yeah. He couldn't... It, it exactly. He's like, this... We yeah. both know that, like... This will destroy our lives. Yeah, because it's a forbidden love. It's like it's it's essentially it's an affair in the fucking forties, which is like no sir, oh boy, no sir, no way. Um, and her husband's not even that bad. Yeah, and her husband's a nice guy. Yeah, um, and I'm sure there's like a whole yeah, like there's probably a whole internal side of this movie that we don't see that's of him and his mm-hmm. wife, and she's probably fucking perfectly fine too. He yeah. has a daughter, I think. Um, but yeah, and then we're seeing the other side of that like final meeting when they're and in the then bar. And you get the Dutch. Dude. The Dutch comes oh, that's in. that's so good. The yeah. Dutch, man, the Dutch angle is... Yeah. It, it's so... Dutch angles are usually terrible. I'll say this. Yeah. You but, got it thematic, man. But it's Lean, so... Lean. He, he uses it in the most perfect time. Lean knew when to lean. Oh, my God. God damn it. Damn it. He Fuck. knew. And mic drop. This is so... Yeah, dude. Like, the, the final scene feels so and fucking modern because it's, like, impressionistic. It's, like... Yeah. It's... It's so impressionistic. Yeah, and it's, like, her voiceover still going on, um, 
but she, it's like all of reality is like, it's just, well, because you, disappeared. the Dutch angle mm-hmm. was so like, you don't see that in the whole movie. It never happens no, except for this very, one part. Pictorialist, I guess, yeah. to bring that back. It's very like, yeah, framed so beautifully. Yeah. You like, you don't expect the Dutch angle because mm-hmm. like, it's never happened in the entire movie. And it happens right when like, she's going to lose him. And yeah. it, that slow zoom Dutch angle adds so much tension. Mm-hmm. And she's like, fucking run, runs out. Yeah. And Lean does some cool ass shit to yeah. where when the train lights le- the train. Hair. Yeah, the train lights her hair. The train passes by. She doesn't see him. Mm-hmm. The Dutch goes back to right normal framing. Yeah. And boy, that's fucking, that's some, yeah. that's like a chef's kiss right Dude, there. You not, know? Not only that, but I want to go back a, a couple minutes to, this is, the, this is the shit that is like, that PTA full on took for Phantom Thread. Yeah. Um, that I think is is so fucking smart. And I can't believe that he fucking figured this out in the 40s. But like the scene when they're talking, this is their final meeting. They're sitting at the table. There's, you know, Rachmaninoff, fucking like a beautiful score playing. It fucking stops. The brash British lady comes in, just interrupts it, cuts it off. We hear every fucking sound effect. She like slams her bag down. We hear like some silverware clack around and it's just like Close suddenly her mouth and it's just disgusting. Yeah, exactly. It's like we see a shot of like her teeth, a close up and you're like immediately lean is using the tools of like cinema and, and even more so like editing and, and, and sound editing, you know, that uh, PTA does so often in uh, Phantom Thread when like he wants you to feel uncomfortable, like you hear the clatter of the the yeah, silverware yeah. and and just like how much that annoys um, uh, Daniel Day Lewis in that movie. But yeah, just just the way that he uses that to disrupt the romance, mm. I think is so well done in this movie. And then you have the fucking the the shot, the fucking uh, the Dutch. The dare I mention his name again. Oh, my name. <laughs> I, what's his name? Kenneth I forgot Branda. his fucking... Yeah. Hello. Hello, it's me again, Kenneth Branagh. I love the Dutch angle that David Lean used in this film. I only <laughs> wish he used in more of this film. Every shot should be Dutch angle in Brief Encounter. That's not even and Russian. I lost it. if you subscribe to if you subscribe to Disney Plus, you get many Dutch angle. Only three nine nine. It's all Dutch angle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> we should just make a short film where it's just Dutch. God damn! It's all Dutch. It's all Dutch. What is this? A Terry Gilliam movie? Oh man! Yeah, God. <laughs> but it's uh, all Dutch, baby. All Dutch. All the time, um, I don't know, but yeah. Do you have any like any any stuff we haven't talked about? The the credits rolled on the the very short nineteen forty five era credits rolled. Man, on, I uh, can't Briefing wait Counter. how other episodes are gonna pan out. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I mean, uh, there's. I think we covered everything I wanted to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Because I I think I think what I like about this movie is also is very tight. You know, it's, a tight eighty. 
It's a seven tight, minute efficient movie that gets the God job damn. done. Yeah. You know? And folks, we're heading into some 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 thick ones. So yeah, that's why it's just trying to <laughs> breathe it all in before uh yeah. before heading into the uh into the some big boys big coming. Boys. I think only only big ones coming soon. Only right? big boys. Yeah. At least on lean side. I th- I think Kurosawa yeah, keeps Kur- up the no, the long yeah, ish does. ones. He does. Yeah. He does. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah. let's get into uh the food metaphor. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't we have a name for this? I was in the bathroom just now. Did we have one? Because I in the bathroom just now, I thought... Film food? Film chef? Chef food? Food for thought. Okay. How do you, I mean, that's something. That's something. I, mean, that's that's a, something. I feel like that's the exact same thing yeah. we said at the end of Rosh Hey, yeah. that's something. Yeah. What, what you got? Oh, I don't. I don't have anything right. Oh, this is good. Yeah, this one is good. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. Uh, quick plug: the Shiner Straight Shooter yeah. Hard Seltzers are yeah. uh, probably the best seltzers I've had. They're really yeah, good. Yeah, they're better mm-hmm. than White Claw. Mm-hmm. I have the Mango one. I think it's my favorite. Holy shit! Like, yeah, the mango. mango is fucking. That's lit. a banger. That's a banger. That right is. There. Go out and get you some of those. Go, yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, as far as like our food for thought, you know. Are, are, are good, tasty food metaphors that we keep realizing are, like, the best way to make a metaphor about certain movies. Mm. Um, I feel like you got to start with a dish that's that's a classic, right? That's, I like, cl- a classic that, that people may try to, like, refine and may try to update, but ultimately, maybe the, the, the older kind of straight version is... is the best, the best version. I'm thinking you're you're at this, mm-hmm. you're at this fancy diner. Yeah, fine dining. You're alone. You cannot be eating with somebody. Oh boy, I like where this is going. Yeah. You can't be eating with somebody. Yeah, you know, and uh, you're kind of not supposed to be in it. You you should be doing something else right now. Ooh, I like this. Yeah. You, know, you know what it is? What is it? You skipped work. You, you skipped you're truing, work. You're truing, as yeah. uh, the doctor said. You said it's a fucking, it's a Thursday. You're just like, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> you know what? Fuck the office today. Fucking Jeremy's been a real shithead recently. Yeah. This is 2019, so you're yeah. going to the office. Um, I just fucking, I need a day. I need, I'm, I'm going to call day. in sick. <clears throat> Boss, I'm not feeling this good. This is 2019, by the way. This is still 2019. <laughs> this isn't the first case of COVID, or maybe it is, maybe. and we we didn't know. Um, yeah. So you're like, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna go to a nice restaurant. I'm gonna get a nice, to be determined dish, and then I'm gonna go see a fucking movie. And you know what? I'm gonna go home after, hmm. and I'm gonna lie to my wife about it. <laughs> That's that's what this movie is. I don't know what the no, dish no, is. No, you you would yeah. you would have a chance encounter, a brief encounter with yeah, someone, a brief encounter with someone that you know mm-hmm. they have sexual interest with, and sure, you're in yeah. a committed relationship. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And you say, you don't "I'm do eating anything. alone." Come on, it seems like you're me. eating alone too, which happens in the movie. Mm-hmm. Eat but with the, them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the first 
the first meal that you have is like by yourself. Oh, that's what it's a series thinking, of meals. Yeah, that's and you're thinking yeah. about like your life, and you're like, mm-hmm. why am I dealing with this shit right mm-hmm. now? Yeah, it's all in your head because you have time to contemplate, and yeah. then the the mysterious uh, uh, the the chance yeah. encounter with someone comes up, and they 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 have. They have your lunch with you, and it's a fucking lovely time, and you're so you feel so guilty about it. Yeah, yeah. But yet it feels so right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all it is. Yeah. That's no big deal. You lied to your... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm thinking now? I'm thinking of a different take. Yeah, let's take it somewhere else. Let's take, take it somewhere else. You... Every single day, you take your lunch. You're on a strict, you and your wife are on a strict diet. Okay, yeah. You're doing keto. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're eating skinless chicken. I don't, I don't know what stuff is keto. Skinless? You're not eating any bread. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for you got veggies. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You got veggies. You got me. Eating your skinless chicken. Yeah. You know, you and your wife are sticking to it. You're like, we're going to lose some weight. You're a little thick. <laughs> you and your wife are a little thick. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm fucking painting a picture. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're talking to the viewer, not me. So yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You're yeah. No, yeah. No, you're looking good. <laughs> um, and then you're sitting. You're sitting there in the break room. It's a Thursday again. You're kind of over Jeremy. He's being a dickhead again. Uh, you look across the way. And somebody walks in the room with Taco Bell. And you're like, Oh boy, shit, shit, damn. That Taco Bell you're be thinking, looking good. Yeah, you're fucking. You're the interiority. That's great. I like this. The, yeah. the the internal monologue you're going through is like you're thinking back to when you. I'm on, I'm on some. I'm on a fucking. I'm like channeling something now. You're like. I like this. You're yeah. like. I like this. Man, when I was eight year old, eight eight year old. When I was eight years this old, this is so perfect. My uncle yeah. Trevor. <laughs> Trevor Every, always the I don't know. <laughs> Trevor and Derek, it's always like go-to. Tre- yeah. Took me to Taco Bell every week. Yeah. Also on a Thursday. And I would get And you're just two, feeling that passion yeah, all over again. Yeah, you're just I'd get two crunchy tacos and a bean burrito, no onions. <laughs> and god damn it, do I long for that. I miss that. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. And And you know what? And you know it's just so forbidden. In yeah, your diet. Exactly. You, you look down. Li- listen, <laughs> I'm going I'm to keep going here. No, you look down great. at your fucking chicken and your, your squash. And, and your you fucking, know it's good. No. You know it's good. It's healthy it's and it's hel- good. It's still good. And it's what you should do. And, you, and there's nothing wrong with it. But you know it tastes good. The still. tacos and the fucking bean burrito with no onions. But you've had it for so long. Yeah. Yeah, and you're, you you're just, used to it, and you want something new. Want something new, and it's dangerous, and it's scary. It's spicy. and you shouldn't. <laughs> and you're gonna lie to your wife about it. You're gonna lie to your wife, and you get the Taco Bell. <laughs> and I'm trying to complete it with like the way the movie does. And you, you tell your wife, like, huh? Like you think about telling your wife, yeah, but then you don't. And she said that was a sad dream you were having, right? Mm-hmm. Then you say it was a dreadful dream. As you fart, <laughs> and you fart. You, that's so that's good. funny. That's so good. Yeah, the t- <laughs> you I can't. Like you, I knew. I knew you had it in you. 
I knew that you. It's would. about time that I come up with a, yes. a food one because it's it's always you coming up with it and me being like, "That's mm. really that's really smart." What you just said. Yeah. I think you're. you're no, right. I think yours is brilliant. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on that note, brief encounter, uh, great time, great brief little movie. Uh, yeah. What are you? You got any final? Final quick thoughts here. Um, I went into this movie not knowing anything about it. Never saw it. I really don't know much about David Lean. I really don't. I just see. I've just seen Lawrence of Arabia, mm-hmm. and um, I was pleasantly surprised in this film. I guess I, I guess like I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know he did a romance film yeah. at all. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, like he, he, like I, I guess like it broadens my um, understanding of David Lean. And mm-hmm. I think he's def like this right off the bat already shows how much of an artist he is. Yeah. I think. And it's, it's so cool how actually deep this film is. I wasn't yeah. expecting like, um, for a romance, that's not always yeah. a it's priority at not, all. Yeah. Yeah. You get that rarely, like Phantom Thread is one. I mean, I always like mm-hmm. go back on that. Yeah, and her, you know, I I think this one is really great in the sense it's like because when you're doing romance and it's deep, you you can't. It's it's almost not even really about really the romance. It's really about the interiority, mm-hmm. about the characters themselves and how they face the the conflicts of the relationship as opposed yeah. to like we want these two to get be together and this is all the wacky shit that's happening because mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like cuz that's yeah. where you get a lot of romances are just like they want to be together, but there's all this shit that gets in the way. Yeah. And not about like how these characters are struggling with the conflict of the relationship. Yeah. She Um, made a bet that she could lose a guy in 10 days. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, those, I mean, I shouldn't shit on it. You know, it's like, it's like, those are just the Taco Bell movies, man. (laughs) Those are the Taco Bell movies. They taste good to, to people like them. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited now. Uh, not that I wasn't, but I'm excited to see what else uh, David Lean has up his sleeve. Yeah, I know that I've always wanted to see Bridge on the River Kauai, so we'll see how that pans out. And yeah, and sure. I'm glad that uh, this seems to be a, a nice uh, introduction to the Lean. Yeah, yeah, you for know? sure. I mean, yeah, the fact that this is uh, one of his earliest is. Just like we talked about with Rashomon, like it's pre- it's pretty wild because like it's it's doing a lot. Did they both win Palme d'Or? Oh, did he for Rashomon? I think. I oh, think this is so, like our right? our fucking Palme d'Or season. I think That's he did. Weird. Yeah. I feel like he did. We talked. I feel, we talked a little bit about that, but mm-hmm. um. Uh, yeah, I I uh, I really love this movie. Like rewatching it, um, you know, last night and today. I I think I settled on like. I think this is like one of my favorite movies now, actually. Like I, I just love how timeless it feels like, like to go off of what you were saying about um, how, you know, romance movies uh, can be so fucking good. Like if, if, if well done, uh, you know, romantic, usually dramas um, can be really, really fucking great because like you're dealing with emotions and, 
feelings that everyone has um, that are like the strongest of emotions um, and you're taking them seriously and you're doing something really interesting with it. I think that's what Lean does with this movie. I think that's what like PTA does with Phantom Thread. Um, and her, yeah, her is another really good example too. Um, Spike Jones, but, uh, yeah, I, I really love this movie and it feels really timeless to me. And, uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, like anything else to say. I mean, I, I guess we said, said everything we needed to say, but, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a really great romance movie. It's like, it's it's one of the movies that like I saw this early on when I was doing my like I'm gonna watch old movies this year. That's what I'm gonna do. That I dropped when the pandemic hit for whatever reason. Yeah, but, uh, it's almost like <laughs> it would make sense to watch old movies because of the pandemic. Yeah, right. Yeah, like I I want to get back into that. I I should because I I need to see I need to see even more. But yeah. um. Yeah, and and for a while I was like sticking with Lean. Like I watched like the next couple after Brief Encounter. Sticking with Lean. Sticking with, with Lean. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I would recommend like this is the one that like really made me double down on watching like pre nineteen sixties movies because I finished it and I was like, oh that like feels magical. Like that like what a fucking good movie. I'm gonna you know. And then I watched. Great Expectations, which he did, which is a uh, the Charles Dickens is yeah. that the writer, um, and I thought was fine. I was like, eh, I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll, you, you had know. great expectations I, for it. Yeah, huh? I, my expectations yeah. were a little too high. Maybe yes, it was fine. But yeah, Brief Encounter really is a is a special movie that I would recommend everybody check out. Um, and yeah, I guess on that note, I guess that's wrapping up a not so brief. <laughs> it's, a long, it's longer than the movie yeah. yeah yeah true but yeah is there any any plugs uh i mean check out the delphin pod shows check out cover stories mm-hmm. um guys we're we're getting close we're getting close to episode i'm always getting close hey that's the curse of my life yeah because i'd never finish um what <laughs> <laughs> I'm always close. <laughs> that yeah. got oddly real and specific there at the end. It always does. It always has to. It always has to. Um, no, we're getting close to Hundo episode 100. What is this? What? What episode is this? Oh, this is this is episode overall 98. You mean 98 degrees? The band? Hell yeah, dude. I don't know. Nick Lachey? Was it, you no, fucking was it, kidding me? Was Nick Lachey? Well, how did right? I pull that? What the I, fuck no, is Nick, going on in my brain? Nick Why Lachey was that? Backstreet Boy. Or was that Nah, Nick? man. Lachey is fucking... I'm going to delete everything I know. Wipe my fucking brain and let's start over. All this honestly. like useless information. Just a like, bunch of bullshit up We could have uploaded like, you know, vector calculus in there. That's that sounds great. That sounds cool, and I'd love to know it. <laughs> and yet, Nicholas Shea's, you know, popping yeah. in there. He's as as the as the meme spouting fucking zoomers would say. He's living rent free up there in my fucking brain. <laughs> that piece of shit. <laughs> what is Nicholas? What is Nicholas Shea doing right now? What do you think Nicholas Shea? Not being married to Jessica Simpson. That's Ooh. for sure. Uh, sorry to burn Nicholas Shea here. Uh, two hours into the pod. But um, I mean, what's Jessica Simpson up to? Hey, who knows, man? 
They're all they're all just they're just hanging out. You're just sitting on that on that two thousands money. <laughs> yeah. Getting those residuals. Uh, yeah. Um but yeah, episode hundred is gonna be really fun. I think we're narrowing down what we're gonna do. That's gonna be a lot of fun, I think. Got some cool announcements, maybe. It's gonna be our who final knows? who knows? It's gonna be our final twenty twenty episode. I guess As, we're, uh, we're putting that on the record. We're fucking setting in stone, we're man. Setting in stone. These motherfuckers. This this These episode fuckers are getting out of here. This episode, I'm speaking to you all on December 14th. Let's fucking set it in stone. We're doing it. Okay. And uh, yeah, listen to our friends' podcasts. And what else was I going to say? Have a have a good Christmas then. Right? Yeah, is Christmas it? is a couple yeah. weeks away. I hope... Uh, Have a good, safe Christmas. Don't yes. get COVID. Yeah, let's hope yeah. Santa didn't bring all you naughty boys and girls COVID. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> fucking hope. Uh, Wouldn't that be such a dick thing? Like, yeah. all those naughty boys, you get COVID, and then all the good boys and girls still get COVID. Still get COVID <laughs> from the naughty boys who aren't wearing their fucking masks when they go to goddamn... Listen up, kids. Yeah, we're North St. Mary's. Instead of st- instead of uh, I guess st- stockings, you have to hang up your mask on the chair. Yeah, hang out your mask. And someone will. Put Isn't candy that fucking in sad and what cute a- at the same time? <laughs> yeah, that's that's like when Atticus like put on the mask and like let like he didn't tear it off right away. I was like, oh, you look so cute. Oh, what a nightmare reality we're living in. <laughs> it's huh? like it's like if it, even it progresses to like a gas mask or something because it's toxic fumes out. It's like it'd still be adorable. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because so it's, it's like a cute oh, little kid version of a thing that Master Chef away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, on that note, stay inside. You know, try to not have gatherings, and you know, don't go to public places as much as you but can. But appreciate your family while you got them. Yeah, exactly. You and uh, tune in next week. We're going to be talking, I think, Seven Samurai. And uh, stay safe. We love you. Bye bye. Bye.